Hello and welcome to Ramble On. I am Jim, as you will know from my voice. I'm joined by Andy Brassel and I've got a little treat for you today because what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick Andy's brain about underrated footballers. That's uh, really painful. <laughs> like, like that, 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 that phrase about picking brains, it just makes me think of like you being a mad scientist yeah. and having like, you know, one of those little things that they used to like scrape off your plaque at the dentist, mm, but like you're using it on my brain. Brains are apparently the sort of density of blancmange as well. So I, I would do some damage in there. You'd like, if I had a little tinker around in there, you'd forget a couple of languages. I reckon <laughs> like it'd, it'd be, it'd be bad news, but I'm you, gonna... you might put a couple in. <laughs> well, who knows? You hear those stories, don't you? About like people that have a knock on the head and it's like, Oh, good. I can speak Spanish now. It's like, no, no. that's just, a, that's just not true. I thought you were going to tell the story about the, uh, German cannibal. What's this? What's that story? You know, you know, the, you know, the guy who, um, it was a couple was of years ago where they, they he, ate the guy's dick together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, he, he said that it improved his English. <laughs> <laughs> what? Because the guy, the guy who he started to eat was um, was a fluent English speaker. My God! I mean, and there was I thinking like a lot of a, a lot of Germans' proficiency in English was to do with uh, you know, watching. British and American television that was yeah. subtitled rather than dubbed. Yeah, it turns out they've been eating Englishmen. <laughs> terrible news. Absolutely terrible news. Well, what I was going to say was that what I'm going to do here, Andy, is I'm going to listen to your no doubt uh, well thought out and um, uh, knowledgeable explanations of why certain players are um, underrated. And then I'm, I'm just going to steal them and pass them off as my own. Good, good. Um, and I would invite the listeners to do the same. So, as I said, got a little treat for you, listeners. <laughs> well i might have borrowed one or two of your jokes before so <laughs> fair exchange is yeah. no robbery fair enough fair yeah, enough i, I think Every, yeah it, you know everyone's everyone's winning here so um firstly jim can i say everyone is underrated because i feel quite passionately we were talking about this before i think that every footballer who's been brave enough to pay in front of a play in front of a paying audience deserve some sort of respect yeah because it's something that like, neither of us have done i'm assuming there jim yeah no correctly great career in the portuguese third division <laughs> people wouldn't be paying to get in for that yeah uh, but i i think it's, it's really easy i think especially in this age where we live having seen ronaldo and messi develop over their whole careers at first hand mm. and if you're interested enough in both of them you can see them every single week and you have been able to yeah. basically their entire careers pretty much no matter where you you are in the world depending on whether you've you know presuming you've got an internet connection so what that leads to i think is a us sometimes really not appreciating quite freaks that they are yeah and two like sort of you get a lot of and i find i'm gonna sound like an old man here but you do get a lot of fans going Oh, X players shit. I'm mm. I'm not having that. I'm not having that. And if it, they're a top division pro, they've done incredibly yeah. good well to get there. And they are better than the best player in your school. Yeah. I'm presuming oh, a lot yeah. about your school there, but I remember seeing an exchange that really hit this home to me recently. And obviously Twitter is uh, is the worst possible environment for this sort of thing. Yes. Especially because you don't you don't necessarily know the age of the people arguing if they've just got a picture of like their club's crest or a pint glass or something as their as their avatar yes. but i remember does somebody, everyone have the egg anymore i there are the you do get the odd egg but i, th I feel they're like mainly you know, trumpist you can, yeah they? exactly you gotta try yeah. hard at least have a picture of something but i i saw somebody it was an argument about why about why 
Trent Alexander-Arnold should be starting for England, which mm. I do agree with. Uh, but a person, somebody was saying that, well, Kyle Walker had a good game, blah, 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 blah. And this guy was like, uh, Kyle Walker's actually a terrible footballer, mate. Like, if you can't see that, I'm embarrassed. He's like actually useless. It's wow. like, that is an absurd, just an absurd opinion to be that like vociferous and, and, and passionate about. But you're right about the, 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 you know, the best player at your school thing. I, I forget who it was. So apologies if it was you, but I was speaking to somebody recently about how they went to school with Callum Chambers right? and how he was so like, so far ahead of everyone else. It was like he was actually taken out of the school team at some point because it was like he was playing a different game and he just went straight into like youth setups, like professionally, like very, very young. It was like, just, just get him out of, of school football because he's, he's clearly a, a different thing. And it was just yes. like, he would just basically be Ronaldo on the pitch. And like, with all respect to Callum Chambers, he is like, he's pretty much... He looks like he's on his way to being a Premier League journeyman, isn't he? Isn't yes. someone that stands out as being like a particularly skillful player? If he, but, beca- if he becomes a regular Premier League player for the rest of his career, he'll have, he'll have done pretty well. Won't yeah. He? But having said that, when when I saw him start out at Southampton, he looked incredible. Yeah, he did, and it was Early on it was interesting how that seemed to. When he started at Arsenal, those first few games were very, very confident, and that seemed he seemed to withdraw. But I suppose he's been shunted around in some different positions. But saying Arsenal the, did it to him, probably. Yeah, we do tend to do that. <laughs> uh, we've done it to Thomas Party straight away. It seems <laughs> like it's record time. Um, but uh, but that's it, though, isn't it? Like it's professional footballers. Did the, I mean, look at soccer rate compared to a Premier League game. You can see those people aren't professionals, but the people that think that you know they could do a better job, my nan could score that sort of yes. thing, are really missing the difference. Yes. We're, we're blind, blinded to the difference because we never see it. They certainly are. So in terms of a player that you feel is uh, has been underrated in their career, Andy, who, uh, who, would, you, who would you kick off with? Uh, my first one is going to be, I'm going to go for all midfielders. Nice. Um, because such is my respect for Pep Guardiola that I feel <laughs> I must impress that at all times. Uh, it, it, my first one is going to be Mathieu Valbuena. Mm. Le Petit Vélo. Uh, the little bike because the little bike that is magnificent I didn't know that was his nickname he's he's someone who is, is kind of is he, I think I can say he's, he's, a, he's a little bit paranoid about his height mm. but if you think of the amount of teasing and belittling he's had for his entire career uh, didn't make it in the Bordeaux Academy um, which is his is, is local club. And he's had to fight for everything. Mm. And I think he's, he's, he's an extraordinary player, I, I think. When you consider that he's um, had to fight against perceptions, he's had to um, come into, well, you think he's, he's played a lot of his football in France, most of his football in, in, in France until the latter years of his career, which is a particularly physical league where, as much as someone would say you're too small to play in the the, the, the Premier League going back like sort of five or ten years, um, you, you can you can say that counts for France as well. Mm. You know, there's definitely that, that perception that, that, that you can be too small. I mean, bear in mind, Antoine Griezmann was told that he was too small to, to play for Lyon. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> well, that worked out well for him, didn't Oof. it? <laughs> so I, I think because Valbuena is, is someone who's, just so incredibly consistent and he's still so good now I think he's 36 years old and he's still a, a really good player who has an influence on Champions mm. League matches you know, he's, he was brilliant at Arsenal when um, Olympiacos beat them at the Emirates yes, um, he was. earlier in this, this this calendar year I was there um, I mean 
there's so much to him. I mean, when you think of everything that's happened off the field as 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 well, and basically because of that, he got binned from the France international team, which is having so done nothing unfair. wrong. I mean, it of course, supporters supporters of Karen Benzema would say, "Well, hang on, he's not been charged with any crimes. He's not been found guilty of anything, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. But Valbuena is the wronged party yeah. in, in in all of this, and um, yeah. I, I, I just think it's harsh. I, I think people will appreciate him a lot more once he's done, mm. really. It's, he's an interesting profile of player as well, isn't he? Because, you, you know, you mentioned about, you know, the uh, respect for Pep Guardiola there. Because he is a short midfielder, a small midfielder. Yes. But he's he's of a particular type that can actually be a bit of a nightmare to play against in that he's he's kind of squat, isn't he? He's, he's, yes. he's short and stocky. He's not got that little kind of Javi Iniesta kind of um, He looks look. like... Little tank. You know, at the end of Raging Bull, when um, De Niro is, as Jake LaMotta is doing stand up uh, with his very broken nose mm. in like little, little sort of clubs and stuff. That's what Valbuena looks like. <laughs> he looks like that era yeah. of, of, of Jake LaMotta. To me, he looks like um, someone has leveled up Steed Malbrank. <laughs> a couple of times do you know what I mean <laughs> it's a very similar profile Tony Blair's favourite footballer Steve Malbrank weird is, is that right really weird is yeah. that right it's, it's, it's funny actually I, I look at pictures of my kids when they were younger and they look exactly the same but just squashed <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting They don't. it's not that they're taller now it's that they were squashed then yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting yeah. I, I think as well it's because you sort of tend to swaddle like small children in like several layers mm. because you're uh, right they'll get too cold and stuff yeah <laughs> so, so yeah great start with Matthew Valbuena um, just nice to hear his name and nice to say his name Pleasing yeah. name, Valbuena. Scored some, scored some great goals, of course, throughout his career. As uh, brilliant for Marseille, he's brilliant again now for Olympiacos. He's he's someone who um, who's brilliant against England at Wembley when uh, when when France won there once. Yeah, he's done mm. loads of stuff, hasn't he? So I mean, he's probably the biggest clubs he's played for would be Marseille and Lyon, and obviously Olympiacos are a huge club, and yeah. he played for Fenerbahce as well. So a lot of clubs who are huge within the context of their national leagues. Yes, yeah. but do you feel like he could have? He could have played at a kind of a, a, a higher level, and I don't mean to disrespect Leon, of course. No, not not at all. Um, I, I think when I think of him at the back end of his Marseille career, I, it was just crying out for a Premier League team to come and buy him. His contract was running down. He was available for cheap. Eventually, he ended up going to Dinamo Moscow, who paid him a fortune until they ran out of money, mm. um, which was when he, when he came back to France with, with, with Leon, which... You know, he did okay for them, but it was never really a, a great fit. Um, he, he should have got picked up then because he was a player who already proved he could be decisive for a winning team in Marseille. He could deal with huge pressure because having talent and being able to be a good player for Marseille are, are two totally different things. The pressure there is mm. absolutely immense. And, and he dealt with it. He dealt with it. And just like he's dealing with it at Olympiacos, I think he would have been absolutely brilliant in the Premier League. Mm. I guess we'll never know. So, um, moving on from Val, Val, uh, Valbuena, who else have you got in this underrated midfield? Well, I've gone for a slightly more uh, combative player in uh, Felipe Melo. Oh, nice. Who Winner of the Golden Bin that time. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, Juventus. Um, there, was, there was that extraordinary um, sort of bit of footage, wasn't there? Camera phone footage. Before camera phone footage was everywhere of him... Uh, 
arguing with someone who uh, challenged him about it at some traffic lights. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. combative everywhere, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's, he's not the sort of guy you, you want to argue with. No. Uh, particularly. There was, there was that brilliant... You I know mean, that... mellow is such a misnomer, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Felipe Agro. <laughs> exactly. Well, did, did you see that... Um... Did you see that uh, clip of him during uh, lockdown doing the doing the toilet roll challenge? I, I remember that there was a clip, but didn't he just like, didn't he just sky it or something? Do some deliberately like? It, well, like he, a, it was like in two his, footed tackle on it. or yeah, something. Yeah, he was he was in his his bedroom, which was full of like loads of lovely soft furnishings with uh, <laughs> a, a big rug in the center of the room, and he he, he starts doing a couple of kickups, and he's like, oh, "Who am I kidding?" He just throws it up and two foots it. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> and I, I, I just, I just really admire that. I mean, obviously, everyone thinks of him um, because of his implosion in the the, the twenty ten World Cup, yeah. don't they? Um, but all of all of Brazil were on the edge, and we've seen, I, I, I think, about how bad Brazil can be about coping with World Cup pressure, mm-hmm. both in that and obviously um, twenty fourteen when that, that they, they were hosting it. I mean, I remember talking to Michelle Bastos about this ages ago, um, just after the 2014 World Cup. And obviously he was implicated in that defeat to the Netherlands in the quarterfinal in, in, in 2010 as well. And um, I asked him about what it was like in, in, in the dressing room afterwards. And he said, if you can imagine a, a sort of circle of like 50 blokes, once you've got all the support staff, just all sitting there crying their eyes out. And th- that was amazing to me because... You know, you see these particularly huge outpourings of emotion at a World Cup, but you don't often get footballers speaking like that, do no. you? Say, imagine fifty blokes in a room s- sobbing their eyes out. And yeah, that that was that was amazing to me. So the the fact that it all got pinned on on Mello was, I think, a little bit harsh. Yeah, I mean, he, he you know he, he he did lose it on occasions. I don't think there's any any doubt about that. He was poor at Juventus and. You know that's the theme we'll come back to with with my next choice in it in, in a minute. Um, I'm not saying a hero worship people are terrible for Juventus. Well, maybe a little bit. Uh, um, but but he was he was really good in Spain for Almeria. If you go back to the beginning, he was he was really good at Fiorentina. He went on to do very well at um, Galatasaray. And one of my favourite moments for him at, at Galatasaray, when where he was nicknamed um, Pitbull was when he ended up going in goal in an away game after the goalkeeper got sent off and they'd done all their subs. And uh, they were winning 1-0 Galatasaray. He saves a penalty in the final minute. And what <laughs> what he used to do, like normally in their title celebrations, occasionally when he scored a goal, he would do the little pit ball walk where he'd get on his hands and knees mm. and sort of like sort of claw his hands into the air. He did that when he saved the penalty. And the defenders are going, fuck, we haven't even cleared the ball yet. <laughs> <laughs> Just hang, hang on. But obviously no one's going to say that to him yeah. because he's quite hard. Yeah, exactly. You can't. It's, it's, yeah, It's not worth it, is it? Just let the goal go in. Also, also, you might have thought as an Arsenal fan, Jim, that William Gallas was the most inappropriate wearer of the number 10 shirt ever. Yeah. In fact, I think it might be Felipe Mello. Yeah, that's up there, isn't it? God. <laughs> Gallas as number ten. That's brought back some memories. And yes, I do. I, I do own a Filippo Mello Galatasaray number ten shirt. Of course, of course you do. Of course you do. Andy. <laughs> so this is this is actually shaping up to be a pretty tidy midfield. If we, you know, 
maybe uh, make them a little bit younger than they currently are, in particular. <laughs> the they can still get in a ramble five aside, I reckon. Oh, yeah, yeah, I reckon so. <laughs> I reckon it's, still, it's still better than the best player at your school, no doubt. I'd go in goal for these guys, <laughs> unless Felipe wanted to, of course. Yeah, which I, I doubt he will. So who have you got rounding off this, um, this trio? Um, I'm going to go for uh, Diego um, of... Um, Wolfsburg, Werder Bremen fame again mm. had a cost cost a lot of money for uh, Juventus from Werder Bremen didn't didn't really work out and ended up going back to to Germany became a bit of a punchline actually for a time didn't he Diego yeah and I, I, I find it I find it extraordinary because he's such a talented player and like pl- a lot of players of immense talent he had an enormous overdeveloped spell of response, uh, sense of responsibility. You know, like um, you could say Zlatan Ibrahimovic has that sometimes. Mm. Cristiano Ronaldo in the 2009 Champions League final, which I don't know was a game you and Marcus went to, yeah. when he was trying to do it all on his own. Mm. Um, it, it was kind of like Diego's greatest strength and his greatest weakness at, at the same time. I mean, there was this famous thing when he was at, at Wolfsburg where... Um, they were losing 1-0 at, I think it was Nuremberg, when Steve McLaren was under huge pressure as the Wolfsburg coach. And um, well, 1-0 down. They get a penalty about 10 minutes from the end. And um, Diego picks the ball up and, and, and gets ready to take it. And McLaren is going mental on the touchline. He's like, no, 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 no. Patrick Helmers is the penalty taker. And Diego's like, no, 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 no. I got this. Yeah. I got this. Takes it. Hits it really confidently. Hits a crossbar. Doesn't go in. They lose. McLaren gets fired quite oh shortly God. afterwards. Bro, that is... <laughs> and um, I remember speaking to the guy who used to be um, Stephen McLaren's interpreter for um, uh, of Wolfsburg. And he, he said it was the toughest gig of his career because they went into the press room after that. And McLaren was just going mental. <laughs> and he was saying like sort of 120 words a minute. And he's like, yeah. you know, I think he ended up writing down... Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, I'm very disappointed <laughs> or, 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 or something similar. But Diego was, I remember going and covering uh, a Wolfsburg game um, a couple of weeks after that where they had this really scratchy win over Borussia Mönchengladbach who were also down the bottom of the table at the same time. And uh, it was desperately needed win. And it was a great deal of relief afterwards. And I remember speaking to Diego after the game and... Um, I said, well, what about that missed penalty? Do you, do you have any regrets? And he's like, none whatsoever. He's like, I'm a, wow. I'm, a, I'm a big player. If you're a big player, you've got to step up at big moments. That's interesting. Especially like, because when you've specifically been out. asked not to step up at that specific big <laughs> exactly. moment because of someone else stepping up. I can't hear you. I yeah. cannot <laughs> hear you. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, he absolutely ran games. And because mm. he had a couple of like high-profile players, uh, failures noticeably, at um, Juventus. I think people really underrate him. Uh, like someone who could run games, who took unbelievable free kicks, could score from the halfway line, who could make other people play. The Werder Bremen team that he played in was so watchable. It was mm. fantastic. It was after the team that won the double. It was the era after that. So like 2004 was double winning team. He wasn't in that because he moved to Europe in 2004. He joined Porto in that post-Mourinho spell. And they got a load of good players then who didn't really work out because it was post Mourinho and there were a few integration issues and coaching issues and, and stuff because there was obviously this huge exodus after they won the Champions League and, and, and Mourinho went. Mm. Um, but Diego did score one brilliant goal in that spell 
um, when he he scored an equaliser against Chelsea, which he absolutely smashed in from the edge of the box, which allowed them to, I think they would have been at the time the first defending Champions League champion that didn't qualify from the group stage. Wow. And because they beat Chelsea in the last game and he, he, he scored a brilliant goal in that game, um, it enabled them to get through. But it was after that that he really he really flew. Nice. Well, have you have you deliberately chosen a functional midfield here? Because that's actually quite a quite the prospect, Babuena, Melo, and Diego. They were literally the first three underrated players that I thought of. Ah, it's the, it all joins up. That's how that's how much you live it. I I, I think I I worked out in my Felipe Melo shirt about three days ago. So, uh, <laughs> that's possibly why he was on the mind. And also, I have just that image of him a doing the pit bull after saving the penalty yeah. and B, two foot in the toilet roll. Like, I have that image all the time. Yeah, they're, they're two. That's pretty fantastic highlight reels. I think so. Great. Well, thanks, Andy. Um, Pleasure. Thanks for uh, for sharing your wisdom so that we can all steal it and use it in the pub. Um, so thank you, you lot, uh, for listening. Uh, please keep doing so. Uh, know that we love you and that we cherish you. And we'll see you later. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.